So you're using WordPress and you have your business online. The next question is, now what? With so much to do and so little time, it's hard to figure out where you should put your energy. WordPress might be the foundation for your website, but it's what you do with your business that counts. In this podcast, we'll talk about building and running an online business, but you have to be willing to do the work and just show up. My name is Kim Doyle, aka the WordPress Chick, and this is the WordPress Chick Podcast. What's up, everybody? Long, long, way too long time no talk, right? Yeah, it's, oh man, <laughs> it's been a, um, it's been a trying few months. So welcome to episode 169 of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Today we are going to talk about content as equity, but first I'm going to give you a little update on life. So uh, this is a, I was about to say semi-personal, but it is a wee bit of a personal episode. Um, So bear with me. And I have my crazy uh, hydro flask of water. So if you hear a weird noise in the background, just my water. It is what it is, right? Oh, goodness. First of all, what the bucket. We are more than halfway through with November. I cannot believe this. This year has absolutely, just absolutely flown by. Blows me away. Um, so yeah, I really miss talking to you guys. <laughs> um, I'm sorry about the podcast. It's been, it's, it's all been on me guys. I've got an editor, all of that. I have plenty of shows recorded. It's just been life. So even though life has been a little crazy, I knew that I needed to stop and take the time to publish a solo show and just update you guys on what's been happening. I know I've been, uh, I was going to say a little quiet, kind of a lot quiet, (laughs) unless you're in content creators, which by the way, if you are not in the content creators, Facebook group, join it. I'm just, I'm in awe of of this group of people. Um, It's a really, really great group of people and really don't have any snarky stupidness (laughs) going on. Um, Just cool people doing great stuff, being supportive and helpful. It's great. All right. So, uh, before we get into content as, as equity, um, I will, we're going to jump in with the the update and I'll fill you guys in on what's been going on. And I do want to say thank you for sticking around um, as life sort of put things on hold for me. So um, here's what's been, here's what's been going on. And in my semi absent state, and let me tell you, there might be some esoteric moments lessons, takeaways, um, all of that, right? Which is also why I knew I needed to get to the other side of what's been going on before I talked about it, simply because, you know, when you're going through something, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? And the older I get, the more I realize this is just life, right? And and that's fine. And it's going to happen. And but but for the most part, <laughs> when I'm in it, it feels icky. And I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, fortunately, I have I I have sort of grasped my own processes, right? So as an example, when I get in these places, um, you know, I had something that just pretty fresh a couple weeks ago. And have have you ever been so upset about something that you're literally at a loss for words? 
that's that doesn't you guys I'm pretty chatty right like I can sit here and talk to you for an hour it doesn't happen to me often um but I also think well I know that as I've gotten more conscious in my own life um about how I move through the world how I show up the type of person that I want to be across the board parenting sister friend daughter whatever right all of those things um as I've gotten much more conscious of that um i i've really learned about i don't know self awareness is key here right like you learn what works for you and then it's do you have the conviction and strength to practice that and move forward so it was it was an afternoon where something had just uh kind of ripped my heart out and i i couldn't really talk to anybody and instead of the old me, I don't know, a few years ago, right? Would have kind of spun. I would have gotten on the phone with people and I would have been talking about it and, and which, which tends to feed it. Right. And instead I was super honest with my family and I was like, I just can't talk. I just can't talk. And again, let me tell you this too, that fortunately nothing has been like, you know, permanent or, you know, um, nothing bad has come out of what's happened. I mean, there's been some consequences, not for me. Um, I'm being so cryptic. I will explain this in just a second. But, you know, I had, I really just needed to honor what I was feeling. So my process, this recent episode, um, I just kind of, I literally climbed in bed in the afternoon, put my pajamas on, and I had the tears, I had the emotions. I knew I needed really not to think I don't know what I was watching on TV. Maybe Stranger Things still. Um, there's never enough episodes. You know, we've gotten so spoiled with binge binge TV. I don't know about you guys. I'm not a huge, well, I keep saying I'm not a huge TV watcher. But when I do watch it, I, I check out. And, and it's good for me, right? Because I feel like my brain is on all day. Um, anyway, so I just acknowledged that I needed this space that afternoon to feel what I was feeling and then some old stories would come up, but it was like, I, I recognized right away that it was more out of habit, right? You know, your your brain will go back to these old things and it's like, what the hell? And, and before the incident, it was nowhere near a thought even, right? It wasn't even an inkling in your mind. But the second something goes wrong, it it's like, it's a trigger. It's almost like a, a physiological response, right? There's a certain feeling in your body. Kim's pretending she's a psychologist, doctor, whatever you want to say right now. But there's almost like this, this, um, this feeling that triggers this, the mind, right? And the beauty this time was that I was like, just stop, right? Like, I was like, it was, it was just BS. And it's like, I can't go there. So I'll tell you, being on the other side of this, um, I, I can look at some of the takeaways, right? And I know that when I'm in that space, I'm not going to stay there. And I really do live by the uh, this too shall pass motto. So, all right, where to start? <laughs> Sounds like I started, right? But it, I haven't told you guys much. So, again, I'm, I have to be kind of cryptic with my explanation. And I know that probably seems contrary to the fact that I'm giving this whole life update. Um, but the truth is, it's not only my story to tell. There are other people involved, and so it's out of love and respect for them that I'm going to be a little bit ambiguous. 
Um, but I will start with the good news. Uh, and most of it is good news now. But like I said, it's been trying. It's been a trying few months. Um, so my mom just finished up her last round of chemo about a month ago. This was the second bout with breast cancer. The first time was in 2000. And it is does not run in the family. Um, I think she attributes it to hormone replacement therapy back, back when. <clears throat> Sorry if my voice is a little foggy, guys. Just bear with me. Um, but the first time was stage one, and she had a lumpectomy, and, and it was all well. She did go through chemo and radiation the first time, and she was a champ because, gosh, she just 50? I don't know, early, early, 50, 51, something like that. She's going to shoot me for sharing her age. She's about to be 70 uh, next week, actually. Um, but so it, she just amazed me because even – throughout the first round, she was working full time and she would take like a day and a half off with each chemo treatment, which was, you know, once every what, three or four weeks, whatever. And then radiation was like five nights a week for, I don't know, five, six, it was crazy. And she just did it. Right. And I I mean, she's just, my parents, I've said this before, um, are amazing. They're two of my absolute most favorite people on the planet. And if I weren't their kid, I would be lucky to be their friend. Um, However, uh, her oncologist was kind of a numpty and he didn't start out that way. I don't, you ever wonder when it's like, how did this person start out so great? And then I don't know, something went sideways. Mind you, I couldn't imagine the stress and pressure of being an oncologist. Um, but he, he told her, I think it was 2013 that she could skip getting mammograms. And I think things are changing today in terms of, hearing something from a medical professional and taking it as law, right? I mean, here's a, here's another side note to this, you guys, because I've throughout everything I've been through in the last couple of months, there has been one huge takeaway about trusting my gut. Okay, so we'll leave that there. Um, but she also, my mom had had back surgery, I want to say in 2005. She <laughs> had really bad back pain. Like, and my mom is one of those like as a kid, I had a hard time keeping up with her, right? When we were out running errands and stuff and um, had really bad back pain, literally had a doctor tell her, deal with it. It's part of getting older. <laughs> well, she pursued and she pushed and um, there was a like a slipped, some, I don't remember, it's been a while, right? But in her vertebrae, there was a crack. She ended up getting pins put in her back. She had back surgery, right? So you got to really be your own best advocate. So fortunately, the stupid oncologist retired and she was given a young female oncologist who told her, yes, go get a mammogram. Sure enough, they found something and it was ductal carcinoma, um, which at one point they said it was stage zero, kind of precancerous. I'm not sure what that means, but it's still, it's much more helpful, right? And then they, I think they labeled it stage one, but um, she decided because you can't have radiation um, in the same place twice. Um, but they did, she did go through mastectomy and she is on the other side of that. Right. And again, my parents amaze me. Like they volunteer. They're just, they, they just rock. Um, but I will say that it, this time it, it seemed to physically take much more of a toll on her than the first time. And probably because she's almost 20 years older um, and has had some other health challenges in the interim for the most part, you know, I mean, my parents have had their fair share of things, but they are, they're still busy and doing and all that good stuff. My parents are pretty young still. Um, but it was, you know, it is tough to see that and to see, 
her struggle. And she, so she's done with all of that, right? So we just had the last chemo treatment a few weeks ago and um, she didn't lose all her hair, which is pretty cool. There is a new procedure with cold caps, which (laughs) this is not a medical episode. So I promise not, well, show it's clearly turning into a medical episode, but uh, it's, it's really interesting. And it's like, I'm not going to explain this. There's a cap for your head. That's you put it on, but it has to sit in a cooler, like with dry ice. It has to be like negative 30 degrees or something. Anyways, it's quite the production. So I got, I I went the last time with my aunt. Um, My dad was actually sick. So we did this and um, you know, I just, I, I can't imagine going through that once let alone twice. And she just did it. She just, she just amazes me truly. Um, so, you know, and, and the thing is my parents, um, are down in this area quite a bit. So we're all pretty involved in our, each other's lives. I, I should say, I see my family quite a bit. Um, and I'm very blessed to be really close to my parents and I'm glad I was able to be there for her during this time. But this was, you know, gosh, over the summer, I think I'd shared with you guys, I'd done a road trip to Oregon with my parents um, because I didn't want them driving the car back by themselves. They were bringing a car. Long story. Anyways, uh, this is going to be interesting, you guys. I feel a little rambly today, as you can probably tell. All right. So here's where I have to be a little bit more ambiguous. All right. So my son's been going through some things for the past year or so, and it finally came to a head in the last couple of months. Um, He is just a few weeks away from being 17. My daughter is 20. She'll be 21 in March. I can't believe that. Um, But some of what he was doing was just stupid teenager stuff, and some of it wasn't. So he's had some pretty major consequences for things that have occurred, uh, but fortunately nothing bad has happened. Um, And, you know, Maybe this is that esoteric part that I was mentioning. Um, I'm really grateful that I do have a strong, um, what's the word I want to look for here? I don't know, spiritual rudder in my life, you know, that I have very firm spiritual beliefs. Um, not really religious. No no disrespect to any religion. <laughs> um, you can tell that's the recovering Catholic in me. But it's, you know, it, it really kept me grounded as much as I could throughout this. And I I'd like to think, you know, his dad was up there watching over him because it it's just, I mean, talk about, you know, the, the, the cat with nine lives. I mean, there's so much, there's just too many incidences where something could have gone really, really wrong or, or bad. And it didn't. Um, but I will tell you that with everything we've been through, I'm, I'm really trying to not lose complete faith in the system, which would be the legal system and the school system. Hold on. I need a little sip of water for this one. It's really a, um, you know, I'm, well, let me say this. I'm not one of those parents who pulls the, it's not my kid's fault, right? Probably quite the contrary. I remember an incident with my daughter in sixth grade, some other parent hurts. It was just so stupid. It was about a text and it was kind of a bullying text but the poor kid had just been included in a group sending of a text and some stupid idiot parent said something to a neighbor. It was like playing telephone tag, right? Well, I'm so anti-bullying, which I should have known. My, You guys, my daughter is the last person on earth to be a bully. Um, 
But I just was like, I freaked out, right? I assumed that a parent would have done due diligence and was telling the truth. Wrong. My kid's in tears. We call the parent. She's like, oh, well, no big deal. Anyways, one of those, right? So I tend to go the other way. And (laughs) which, again, this is talking to that piece of trusting your gut. So I, I hold my kids accountable for their actions. There are consequences, but we move on. No matter what they do, I'm going to love them through it. But learning to accept responsibility for their actions is something I feel really strongly about. Um, You know, as I was talking about my parents earlier, you guys, my dad's a retired police officer. And uh, for for any of you, um, (laughs) any of you, (laughs) probably many of you, there is a city south of San Francisco called Daly City. And it's, it's both my parents were born and raised in San Francisco. And I joke around, I'm like, you know, he had to deal with real crime, like gangs, and he was on a narcotics task force and all that stuff, right? Versus suburbia, where they don't have the extent of crime. But, you know, so we were raised with with strong work ethics. And, you know, my parents have a very clear what's right and wrong. And I, I would say I do, but I also, I think my spiritual beliefs in terms of you know, that's kind of how we learn. So some of that, a little less old school, maybe. Um, But my point is that I still, there are consequences for actions, right? And um, so all of that being said, right, that yes, there are consequences. I definitely feel that the system is broken. Um, I honestly don't know what I would do if my kids were younger, and we were just beginning this journey. And And of course, this is hindsight, right? We don't know what we don't know, nor do you ever expect to be on the challenging side of things, right? Like, I guess in a way, and anybody who's listening to this, who is a parent probably can understand it's, you know, there's you, and it's just me, you guys know, my husband passed away, gosh, 14 and a half years ago. But it's you or you and your partner, whatever, right, your spouse. And so there's, you bring to your parenting, just like you do your business, right? You bring you to it. You do the best you can. Same thing. At the same time, you know, one child, three children, you know, you do the best you can, but they're different. So where my daughter, I was able to, to parent a little bit more independently. She kind of came into the world with an, I've got it. Obviously my son's a different kid. And so I've had to course correct, um, in honor to, an honor. <laughs> I was thinking to honor him in order to give him what he needs. Right. Um, but it's just, you guys, I, I, I wish, I don't know. I mean, we had issues with school. I had issues with, with the police and friends. I mean, just doing stupid stuff. And, you know, when you're told by the police department, they can't do anything because juvenile hall is over, overcrowded, which don't get me wrong, you guys, like I'm not saying he was going to prison or anything, but you want there to be a consequence, not just a kids will be kids at some point, right? Because they don't learn. There's zero fear of getting in trouble until the trouble is too late, if that makes sense. So I'm going to sort of leave that alone because I'm probably driving you crazy since I can't give details. But here, here's what I learned from all of this, you guys, is that I should have trusted my gut years ago. As parents, I truly believe we know our children better than anyone else, more than any doctor, dentist, school authority, whatever, right? Even though I explored a couple other options for my son years ago when he was little. And and let me say this too, because I love my children with every ounce of my being, and I think they're both amazing people. He is a bright, smart, creative kid, but 
there's some other things, right? And I mean, I'm I'm grateful neither of my kids have ever ever had to struggle academically, um, mainly because it's just me, and I probably would have lost my mind. <laughs> but you know, I explored just um, some anger issues, and when he was little, I was just like, eh, this is this is not just a tantrum or whatever, right? And but I didn't pursue it. I went. I actually went and saw a child psychologist when he was about five. And it was like, oh, you know, boys will be boys kind of thing. And and again, you guys, <laughs> this is the guilty parent in me now, feeling like, have I said too much? Um, but I, I didn't have issues then, right? It was ju- it would just be different bursts of anger and and I don't know, no harm, no foul kind of thing. But yet something in my gut said, I don't just, just no, right? So I, I've taken that to heart and really am not doing it from a place of what a shoulda, coulda, right? Because that doesn't serve him. It doesn't serve me. But it's a hell no, am I going to do this to myself again? I'm going to take the time. And if that means not making a decision, I'm going to take longer to make the decision. If it means in my gut, it's a no, I'm going to run with it, you guys. And, you know, I just think... It's, it's interesting. It's like our culture is kind of crazy. And depending on where in the world you're listening to this, I, I think that there are some countries that have figured this out better. I, I won't go into any sort of anti-America thing because I'm not. Um, but the system's broken. And, you know, I remember thinking this when, when I was doing, uh, when I was in retail management and I was a training manager, right? And so I went through this whole thing on learning styles and we talked about, you know, some some parents may, excuse me, some parents, some people may learn best by reading and then doing. Some people may do and then want to read. Some people may want to just jump right in and do. So you have to cater your training style to the adult learner's learning style, right? Yet we expect children to all learn exactly the same. You know, and, and again, my kids didn't ever struggle academically, thankfully. But what about that that child that's maybe a kinetic learner, right? They they do better when they're moving or they do you know what I'm saying? It's like, so it and here's where things went sideways, is it's kind of like everything is fine if you fit in the box. As soon as you don't fit in the box, well, we can't help you. <laughs> and you guys, I am not saying by any means that it is anyone else's responsibility to um, parent and, and raise my kids. That's not who I am. But, you know, it's, it's kind of this cast aside, go, go get fixed, then come back or, or go fix your problem or do what you got, whatever. And so it's interesting because I was thinking about, you know, it makes me think of uh, the Steve Jobs quote. And I, I, I think it was a commencement speech he gave. And it was, remember that where he says, here's to the crazy ones. Um, if I had more time, I'd edit the whole clip in here, but And he's talking, you know, here's to the crazy ones. And you think about that and it's like, they're crazy until they succeed, right? We don't, we don't like the outliers. Uh, We don't, you know, people who don't fit in the box and it's very, until they've done something that we can then commend them for. And then we love the fact that they didn't follow the rules. We love the fact that they, you know, didn't listen and 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 follow the herd. Does that make sense? Um, so th- there's just sort of, I don't know, you know, with kids, it really feels like there's not much 
for anyone who's sort of in between, because there's the extreme of breaking rules, which can be dangerous and, you know, a hazard, um, a safety issue, right, with society. But but there's that in between sort of gray area. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's... <laughs> The, I don't know. <laughs> I I was getting to the point, you guys, where I'm like, I need to go live in a hut on a beach somewhere. But I digress. Regardless of any sort of system, things are good now. And I finally feel like we are on the right path. And, and he feels that way as well. So that's all that matters to me. Um, you know, in pursuing different um, different options and solutions for him, I just, again, I, I really listen to my gut. I'm like, that's it. I know what type of person I want to talk to, who we want, all of it. So, you know, I've, I've always been really close to my kids. And so this was particularly difficult because um, we've just gotten along. And, you know, when you say to, he's not an adult yet, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he's six one, that, you know, your heart is breaking because of what's going on. And then he hears that and you're both in tears and it still doesn't fix it. It's just, it's been challenging. So, you know, um, obviously we don't ever expect to encounter challenges like this with our children, but on some level, when we have a close relationship, I think we feel, or at least I did, you know, that that's always going to be enough. And the beauty is that it's really the foundation that got us through it. Okay. So, so there's that, right? (laughs) So, Obviously, that's that's been a little bit consuming, and I know I was ambiguous, guys. But um, I, I was thinking about this in terms of to the extent to which you share, you don't share, whatnot. Because I, I've been talking to a friend recently about um, social media and kids, and I don't mean kids using it. That's a whole separate conversation. But I wonder, like, I'm very cognizant of posting stuff about my kids online. And I will do like first day of school or a Christmas photo stuff. But really, I'm like, it's not my life. And I just wonder, you know, there are parents that that show every second. And if you're a parent, you guys, this is not a judgment, but it's just food for thought, okay? That your your kid doesn't have a choice in everything you're sharing about them publicly, right? They may, you know, get to a point where they're 16, 17, 18 and be like, can you, why did you do that? Or I I don't know you guys, that's a whole other conversation. I'm going sideways. So I'm going to stop that. But I I did take all of that into consideration simply from the fact that it's his life as well. And, um, but we're good now. (laughs) So, so there's that. Uh, and the last little life update for you, um, is, uh, Gordon, my business partner with lead surveys has had some very, very serious health issues these past four months, four or five months, really. Uh, it started during the summer and he wasn't sure what was going on. And and Gordon's going to be okay if I share his age because he's a, uh, you know, old guy of 33. <laughs> uh, I'm being funny well, or trying to, but uh, he wasn't sure what was going on. And, and he has amazing work ethics and energy and all that good stuff. He's super healthy and found, you know, he was sleeping like 20 plus hours a day. It's crazy. Uh, they found the cause of that, which was lead poisoning, um, which in and of itself is scary. And it's one of those things you don't ever think you're going to be grateful for lead poisoning, but because of that, they found something else more serious. It's, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind and then it, something from that turned into be, you know, he needed emergency surgery and stuff. And so 
he is he is on the other side of that, but clearly it's taken taken us a lot longer than we wanted to get this out. Again, he's on the mend and he's going to be okay, but it's been scary and it's been frustrating for him, I think. I, you know, again, this is, I think, where my spiritual beliefs of, you know, it is what it is. And, and at some point you trust and you have to just say to yourself, regardless of who, what you believe in, you don't believe in, at some point you're going to either make yourself crazy or say, I'm going to trust that this is happening the way it's supposed to, right? And like I said before, you guys, this is simply life, right? Like stuff happens, um, you know, cars break, you know, kids do things, parents get sick, you know, business partners get sick, things don't work, software fails, platforms, it, it's just it all, all of it. It's just life. And there was a time when this would spin me and debilitate me, you guys, but it just, I don't know, it, it doesn't do that to me anymore. And I've gotten a lot better at simply acknowledging what's going on, allowing myself to feel what I'm feeling. And here's the key, you guys, is not to assign a story to it. Have you ever done that where you like you feel off and no particular reason you're not exactly sure why, but you're, you just kind of know like, eh, just kind of feeling off. Well, the mind has a tendency to then look for the reason. What's wrong? What's the problem? Why don't I feel good? Instead of being, you know, just instead of just saying, well, I'm tired and eh, I'm just having an off day, whatever, you know, at least, at least that's what I would do you guys. So it's, it's kind of a victory. Now I look at it like, well, look at this. You've been through a lot of shit and it's all okay. And you're fine. Everyone's fine. It's, it, it just is right. So I've accepted the fact that for the most part, when it comes to this, this online space that I love with every ounce of my being that things tend to take longer than we anticipate. And that's okay. You know, when you're in it for the long haul, it's worth doing right. And when I say right, I don't mean perfect, because I still believe that imperfect action beats no action, right? All right, so that's uh, kind of my life in a nutshell up till up till now when I'm recording this. Um, the dogs are good. We, <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. Every, so, but truthfully, everything, you know, I'm on the other side, we're good getting back on track. So let's move on to content as equity. And you might be wondering what the bucket I mean, right, with with content as equity. And I should probably warn you guys that some of you have heard me or seen me making references to Gary Vaynerchuk, because all of a sudden I've gone on this crazy binge listening to him. And you know, I was the F the hustle girl, right? Which I still kind of like F the hustle. I don't, it's funny. I was having a, a conversation. How many times do I say that? Right. It's funny when it's really not, but anyways, I was having a conversation on Facebook with, um, Eric and he is in my, in my group and we've kind of gotten to know each other. And he said, what is it about the word hustle that bothers you so much? And, you know, I thought about it and, I think it's because I've always felt like I work hard, right? Like I was saying earlier about my parents that instilled great work ethics in us. I mean, whilst the hell, you know, I got, I always say I got stuck in retail. I chose it, you know, but 
I was salaried and I would put in 68 hours, whatever needed to be done. I just did it. Right. And I'll do it. I was always like, I'll go there. I'll do this, whatever. Just right. It was so good work ethics. And so to be told to hustle, I felt like I can't work any harder. Stop. But here's the thing. It was the wrong work, you guys. And so that's where I think the sting was for me because everything I'm doing now, I, I absolutely love it. I am truly officially completely done with client work. I had one last client on a retainer for some social media and content stuff and it's done. Um, it's done. I just let her know with stuff that's been going on with my son that, you know, he's my priority and I just don't have the bandwidth and I feel like I let people down when I drop the ball on stuff. So, um, but really it was, it was always the wrong work that when you're doing things you don't like doing and my mind was much less Zen like (laughs) five years ago. Um, I, I was resentful of the work, but yet it was that it was, I really felt like I'd created a job for myself. You guys, it was, well, I have to do this because this is when I say, when I'm talking about anything, you guys, I'm talking about websites. You guys, I never wanted to build websites. It was never an intention. Um, however, <laughs> that path brought me here. And so for that, I'm truly grateful, but it was, I, I wanted to stop doing service work five years ago, maybe. I mean, it, t- it took me a long time to stop. Um, the only service work I want to do was really is coaching. Um, but but from that perspective, so it felt like I can't work harder, you know, and I, and I was pushing to build something I never wanted to build in the first place. Um, I kept piling on more responsibility in terms of salaries and all of that stuff and, and growing something and then bringing to that space the total imposter syndrome of, I'm not a developer. What am I doing? I'm not a coder. Yeah, so, but here I'm trying to, I'm not trying. I was creating content around WordPress for the user, not the developers, but it was just a, there was so much convoluted crap in my mind about it. That's where the hate of the word hustle came from. And I know hate strong, but it, it really, I don't know. It was like someone, you know, you know, like if you have a bruise and you, somebody pokes you there or you bump it and it just, it hurts that much more. Right. I think that was what it was for me. It was just, um, my ego was bruised already. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll save that one for the next trip to see Susan, my therapist. Um, so, but I have been listening a lot and to Gary B and here's the crazy thing you guys is that He's so much more than the hustle stuff, right? And of course, I've got all his books, right? Maybe that's just my book habit. But his message, so there's a couple unique things about him to me. First of all, he does have this ability, this gut feeling, this knowing of where attention is and where it's going, right? He totally plays a Wayne Gretzky, I go where the puck is headed versus where everybody else is what everybody else is doing. Right. But the cool thing is it's like his core is be kind. I mean, he, he really preaches that quite a bit. And it's funny because people might listen and be like, Oh, he's like F you. Right. And 
when he does that, though, he's not just saying it randomly. He's like, F you, I don't care what you think. I got to go be me. But but this kindness, and he's like, being kind is an, is ROI positive. It will always bring it back. And you guys, truly, I've told the story, and so I'll make it brief. But when I saw Gary Vaynerchuk at a hotel for a mastermind in Vegas, the, I was me by myself in the elevator, doors popped open, it's him standing there by himself. And I was like, Gary V. I was really excited. I love your books, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, can we have, can we take a selfie? He's like, sure. I forgot my damn phone in the room. He's like, I'll take it and I'll email it to you. And he did it immediately, you guys. I mean, he was genuinely kind. And my reaction to seeing him was super genuine. But so he talks about being kind. He talks about working, working. And it's, you know, if you, how bad do you want it? And that means for me, I I just go with when I'm inspired and when I trust. And there are plenty of times that I do something because it needs to get done. And you guys have seen that that doesn't always happen. Um, But when I'm, when I'm, I don't know, it doesn't feel so do the work, hustle, grind. It doesn't feel like that when I'm doing what I love doing. But his point is just work hard. Well, you know what? My dad, when, when they first got married, my dad, young police officer, they didn't make what they make today, but they worked two jobs. They ran security for the Cow Palace, which is, it's literally, you guys, C-O-W, Cow Palace. It's a huge like venue, right? In Daly City where they have concerts and all that kind of stuff. But so that was hustle, right? To provide for his family. So it's just working and working hard and being committed, right? He talks about kindness. He talks about manners, ethics, values, having the patience to see something through having this is, and this is the piece of content as, as equity. You might've been wondering when I was finally going to get to that, but it's having the patience to create something today that can sustain and create value that is here for the long term, right? So here's an example, like look at messenger bots. I'm testing messenger bots again. Am I going to start teaching and doing a course on it? No. Would I create a piece of content that I'm trying it, why I'm trying it, how I tried it, what worked, what didn't, completely different, right? That's that documentation piece that he always talks about. All right, that was my little Gary B rant, but it ties directly into what I was listening today listening to today. I was out running errands and I was listening to Ryan Holiday's Perennial Seller, which it's really good, you guys. I love Ryan Holiday. He is the author of one of my absolute most favorite books, business books called The Obstacles Away. All worth reading, all his stuff. Um, But The Perennial Seller is about things that will stand the test of time. And so I started thinking about content strategy and especially a lot of you guys listening may have WordPress businesses. And so you might think, okay, well, there's that balance of evergreen content versus, you know, how to content, right? I mean, somebody asked me on my Facebook page last week about this. um, It's J it was J U I Z. It was a social plugin. Oh, do you still love this? And I was like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Because it was probably four or five years ago, you guys. And so there's that tricky piece, right? Of those types of of content pieces are not necessarily going to be evergreen, right? Tech, anything technical how to, it's hard to make that evergreen because you have to keep um, updating it, right? So where is that piece? Where's the value in there that builds equity that lets people connect with you? I can tell you the first two things. 
So the first was probably when I started doing Genesis content consistently way back when. And this was, you guys, again, for the users, not developers. Um, but I just would show people, oh, here's how to do this or here's how to do this. And I was kind of just sharing the journey, which is all I've really done. And then I did my WordPress Genesis for beginners and I, and I went all in. So that was because I kept building on that, right? So that was building equity with my audience in terms of here's a chunk of value and you can come back and find more. I'll keep doing this. Okay, so there was that. The other piece would have been this podcast. Still, you guys, hands down, the best thing I have ever done for my business um, because of the relationships, those intangible things that are harder to measure. Yes, it's done you know, traffic and I've gotten coaching and web clients from it. Um, I sponsorships, all of that. So things have come out of it, but, but truly it was to have fun and, and just create some value. But the beauty is there's a lot of lessons in this, right? I mean, is the story of the drama that has been my life for the last couple of months going to be a value down the road? I don't know. But if there's something in here that resonates with you that you think, okay, I'm not the only one whose life went sideways because stuff happened, you know? So here, and you guys remember, I'm the sole breadwinner, so I got to get back to work. But the fact that I can say, I need to go take a nap, or I have to check out this afternoon, I cannot tell you how many times I reminded myself that what a blessing that I made the conscious choice to start this business. And I trust enough in myself to do this because I can't imagine having a full-time job where I'm commuting and, and traveling and stuff. In, in having dealt with what I had to go through with my son recently, that would have sucked. And I do commend anybody that has to go through that. Um, but the equity piece with your content needs to be how you look at what you're creating, right? So, and here's the funny thing, you guys, I, I see, I told you, I say all the time, here's a funny thing. Um, but I looked up a few definitions for the word equity, and most of them apply directly to finance. Uh, but there was one that was pretty applicable from uh, good old Miriam Webster, the money value of a property or of an interest in property in excess of claims or liens against it, right? So you could look at that as as quality content is equity in your business, in your brand, in your name, right? So when somebody finds you and they can go back, I've had a lot of people, oh, I found you, I love the podcast, I found this, and then they go back and they're binging, right? I've done that. It's, you know, talking about binge listening, right? Um, but I've done that. I told you guys when I drank the Kool-Aid again with ClickFunnels and went backwards and went all the way back through all the podcasts and stuff. And then I hit a point where I'm like, God, they can't create content fast enough for me because it, it's sort of that um, that focus and that mastery. And so when I find something, I love it. So think about your content and it is this journey. And that doesn't mean that you're you can't shift directions. I'm going to be shifting directions. It doesn't mean you can't do any of that. But when your intention and your goal is to create something of value and you bring you into it, because I've said this over and over, you are truly the only differentiating factor today in what you're doing. And what I mean is, here's an example. Um, I'm in a very small private Facebook group. It's, it's a like a little mastermind. And um Somebody had posted he's got a WordPress course coming out spe uh, specifically related to Elementor. I will be emailing and sharing that. It's, I think it's next week. But so he was sharing the landing page, um, some free training and stuff. And, you know, we I did a little Loom video with some feedback for him talking about 
What makes you different, right? Why would somebody buy your course or opt in for your free training when they can go watch elementary videos for free? Like you need to really be able to stand that test of time. And so he's built up equity with his audience by creating elementary training already, right? And having that voice. But the biggest differentiating factor is who he is and how he teaches and what he brings to it. So you want to think about that with your content. Like anything you're doing, I I would so, so, so push more bringing you into it, right? And I, I don't care if you do web design, if you have a physical product, if you have a mom blog, um, you do, I don't know, something outdoors. I, it doesn't matter, right? Like whatever you do, bring more of you into it because that's what's going to differentiate you. And think about it this way. Your content contributes to the value of your business to simplify it, right? In multiple ways. So there's the piece of SEO, And so quality content that's optimized for the search engines will bring traffic. And the little caveat with that, you guys, is you have to promote it. Be diligent in in promoting yourself. I wasn't. I could shoot myself for it now. Um, Obviously, you're going to build relationships, whether it's through you know, video podcast, there's, there's so many ways that you can connect with other people to create content. At the same time, you may be speaking directly to somebody if you're willing to step up and share something. And a great example of this, and I'll link to it in the post, uh, Carrie Dills just wrote a post. I love Carrie to pieces. She's been big in the WordPress Genesis space. Um, she's got a podcast office hours.fm, but Carrie shared this, uh, uh, I apologize. I want to say it was let's it was a narrative of what goes on in our head. And so she said, let's let's get real. And you know, so great feedback. And I think it was just published. And I was probably the fifth fifth or sixth comment already. And so it's one of those things people really want to connect with you, right? So that was a huge relationship builder, that piece of content that she wrote. The goal, of course, um, should always be more email subscribers. And when I say that, you guys, it's not about the money is in the list. These are more people that you're building relationships. So ideally, your content's going to convert them to say, hey, I want to hear from this person. Again, I want to know more. I want to. Hear, I want the next post, the next podcast, the next video, right? Then there's the value that you're adding and providing to your audience and your market with your content, right? So these are all these, this is the equity stack, right? Oh, I like that equity stack. Um, feedback. Think of what you gain when your audience responds. You know, anytime somebody responds to an email And they're like, thank you. I thought this was just me or, oh my gosh, you know, you guys, I've gotten some amazing emails and they mean as much to me, maybe as mine did to them in in that it just reminds you, keep doing your thing. More people need this, right? And and the right people will be there. Um, And then of course there's data. How much data do we get from Google, right? If you assumingly set up your Google Analytics. So all of that is the equity piece that your content is creating for you. And I'll tell you, somebody who looked at selling the WordPress chick, I mean, you guys see like the site's not super monetized. I mean, I've got some affiliate stuff that's from content. That's all I did, you guys, was I'm not a huge affiliate marketer. I mean, I email and I recommend stuff that I use. But most of my affiliate stuff has all been strictly just through content. A lot of it was Thrive. I did really well with them because I would create content around Thrive. And from that place, though, you know, when I looked at the the traffic, it was kind of looking at, all right, is this something 
I could I sell the WordPress chick? I'm not. But I start looking at it and the amount of content <laughs> created true literal equity. You guys, without the content, I wouldn't have the traffic, right? Without the traffic, there wouldn't be a value to the site. And obviously the site's been up, there's an age and I've got a list and all that stuff, but you see what I mean, right? So start thinking about content as equity in your business. And I am, uh, it should be out next week. So if you're on my list, you'll, you'll be hearing about this. So I've created this, everything is content, this little mini course. I don't know, it's gonna be 47, 90 cheap. So you want to start thinking truly about everything you do as being content. And, you know, I was talking about this, I did a live stream earlier this week with Kyle Gray, who wrote the story engine, you guys probably remember that uh, podcast interview. And there's this whole piece of content with SEO and keywords, right? What what I found, though, is trying to approach creation from that angle for me. Now, if it works for you, run with it. Excuse me. But for me, it felt um, forced. What worked better for me was just to share what was going on. And then I started getting feedback. And then I started looking at analytics. And it was just like, oh, my God, how many people are are you are going to this post? I can't believe how many people are commenting on this or reading this or whatever. So you start getting the feedback and the data that can start kind of shaping your content strategy. I think it's so much more important to get started and then to share it. You have to make sure you're out there promoting your and, and sharing your content. So, you know, if you are somebody who's listening, let's say you do websites and you're thinking, here's a great example. I had a conversation. Uh, what's up, Mike Campbell? Hope you don't mind. We're, we were talking the other day on Skype. Um, he just left working for a large hosting company. Um, is looking at different directions. We were kind of just bouncing ideas. And, you know, it's if you've been around a while and you have an idea about the things that interest you, um, then great. But more than anything, it's just get started and see. And, and if I were to start a business in the WordPress space today, <clears throat> excuse me, need a little bit more water here. If I were to start, I would, I would look at where things are going. Don't look at what everybody else is doing because um, I, I don't know. I, I really feel that things are changing in the WordPress space and with the, addition of page builders and wordpress.com having themes and different, which I haven't dug into that kind of stuff, you know, but there's a lot changing. You know, you have a lot of people that have been developers and, (laughs) you know, people that could easily set up their own membership sites with WooCommerce and do all that integration are using tools like Teachable and Thinkific. And so there are things shifting. And so if I were getting started today, this has been a, so circular, circular, you guys. I hope you've been able to follow me. Um, I would start thinking about where things are headed. Page builders are not going anywhere. Um, you know, there were plenty of people that talk and teach about Beaver Builder. If you love it, I would, I would narrow it down. Beaver Builder for restaurants or something, right? But start thinking about how you can um, kind of go forward before everybody else is there, if that makes sense. You know, it is like, where are things going? And, you know, I'm not going to give away what Mike and I were talking about, but I thought was a great idea because <laughs> that just would not be cool. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity with with stuff that's not the latest and greatest this second, 
but is where things are going. And so you have to look at where people's attention are today. And that's where, um, this is my last little rant. Hold on, you guys, let me check that. Okay. All right, I'm winding down. I'm like, whoa. The best example I can give you guys of this, and plenty of people may disagree with me. I don't care (laughs) because I believe this in my gut. Let's take, you know, copy blogger, rainmaker, copy blogger media, studio press, whatever. Okay. So we had, you had Brian Gardner with revolution themes, which became studio press, which then they launched Genesis innovative, fresh, exciting, right? In my opinion, as soon as they merged with copy blogger, there were the innovations stopped. And I completely respect the commitment to quality, right? With the quality code and all of these things. But I, you know, I don't hear anybody. I mean, I'm not in Genesis circles anymore, really, but people are moving on because the attention, and it depends who who their customer is. If their customer is just developers, okay. But I think a lot of developers are also getting to the point where they're like, they want it to be faster and more efficient. Websites are becoming a commodity. So I look at it and then all of a sudden it's like, it, it feels like everything that comes out of copy blogger media is repackaging of the same stuff. You know, and maybe it's just the direction I'm going in, you guys. I don't know. You know, I, I'm certainly (laughs) not one to say that either, that it's, you know, as I've gotten away from being so hands-on, um, God bless my friend Devinder. You guys probably know Devinder through ProBeaver. He's been on the podcast. He is redoing my personal brand and the lead survey site because I just, I don't have the bandwidth for it. That's not my forte. And so, but, but there is this thing, like I listen to Gary Vee all the time think where are people's attention, people's attention or not. It's not with Genesis kind of stuff anymore. Does that make sense? It's like, how it's, it's time, right? Time is the one thing we all want more of. And if page builders that are done with quality code and, and support and all that good stuff can get you there in half the time, unless you just love coding, I get it. But do you see what I'm saying? So it's anyways, I I'm really starting to go on tangents. (laughs) Oh goodness. Kim never dull with me. Is it? There's a lot of opportunity, um, content, you guys, it's just getting more and more important. I'm having a ton of fun doing live streams. If you haven't, I'm going to start live streaming more from my Kim Doyle business page, which it's just the Kim Doyle because obviously my personal profile is Kim Doyle. Um, so I'm going to start doing from there. I've done some in content creators, you guys, Facebook loves video. If you're not doing that, even today, you guys, I went to the post office. Do you like how I tell you I'm going to wrap this up and I keep telling stories? So I got to the post office because um, part of my little everything is content. I wanted to send out some thank yous to the people who are most engaged in our Facebook group. And when I say art, my friend Steve O'Sullivan is helping me. We're doing this together because I can't do the whole thing. But so Steve and I... Um, so we sent something fun, right? And so I had, I don't know, 12 envelopes and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to practice doing more off the cuff, just raw, real video. <laughs> it was dumb, but that's all right. I did it anyways. I was in the car and I'm like trying to point the, the, the phone at what is sitting next to me. I'm like, oh, these are my returns, which it makes it look like I'm returning stuff. I got these people. No, it was returns for Amazon. Anyways, the sun was in my eyes. I'm like, filming nothing. It was just whatever, but I don't care. Right. 
Anyways, it's all content, you guys. Everything is content. I did it. And now I'm sitting here creating more content about the stupid video that I decided to quote unquote, just show up in, right? And then I posted it to my group. So anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to wind this down. Thank you again for sticking with me, hanging around, not giving up on me. I appreciate it more than you guys even, even now. I love you tons. Um, here's to a fantastic remainder of 2017. You will be hearing from me again. I might actually up it to two episodes a week so I can kind of get caught up with some of the interviews. So bear with me. If I inundate you, I go from quiet to too much, um, story of my life. (laughs) So anyways, you guys, uh, much love to all of you again. Thank you so much. If you haven't joined content creators, I'm telling you, a group rocks. Join us. It's just facebook.com content creators group. Awesome people. Make sure you answer the questions because we're just, uh, if you don't, no, no answers, no entry. (laughs) So have a fantastic rest of your morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. And I'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks guys.